Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the School for Dumb Women live on Soho Radio for International Women's Day. Today we are back from the dead to investigate the things you are too proud to admit you know nothing about. I'm your host woman, Simone de Hovoir, also known as Hannah Barrel. With me is the key to sexual liberation, Alexandra Haddo. Wank like no one's watching, Hannah. And Emma Watson impersonator, Caroline O'Donoghue. I've been banned from the library for self-partnering too loudly. <laughs> Today we're using our platform as three cis, white, heterosexual women working in media in London to talk about the very international and very women-y, Free Willy, Daniel Craig and dental hygiene. So, a large fish, a small assassin and Caroline's big hole. My hole is more international than the Shake Shack of the Olympic Village, Alex, I'll have you know. <laughs> So strap in, or strap on, or just hold on to a strap, as we aim to educate you whilst at the same time probably render you dumber than you were before. I missed you guys. So Alex, you're coming at us live from Daniel Craig, and how are you, Daniel? Oh, he's shy. He's very quiet. He's very quiet. He wants to put all the limelight onto me because I'm a woman and it is International Women's Day week. <laughs> Do you know that's so like Daniel Craig? I've always just suspected him to be an ally. Yes, he is. He does that by sleeping with a lot of us, <laughs> which is uh, which is very selfless of there him. There are worse ways, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, I said I said small assassin. So I decided to do Daniel Craig uh, mm. because number one, it was his birthday yesterday. <laughs> um, oh, of course, it's been on all of our calendars yeah. for months. <laughs> Uh, number two, the new Bond film is out soon and it was announced yesterday if you could buy tickets. It's called uh, No Time to Die. Um, and we were sort of talking about earlier how it's weird how all the Bond films has the, has the word die in it because it's the only film where you know he literally cannot die yeah. at the end. Literally, if you're convinced of anything from a Bond film, it's that like things are going to happen to this man and he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How, like It's a mark of like how skilled Sam Mendes or whatever the director is yeah. if you actually get tense during any Bond film. If you get tense during any Bond film, you're a moron yeah. because you know yeah. oh I feel like that's me I'm too, I'm too gullible I'm no, just like oh they've killed him this time well. but honestly yeah. you're like I, I already know the next one's been announced no, <laughs> the only two emotions you should feel during a Bond film are horny and impressed <laughs> <laughs> yes. and ashamed of be, about being horny and impressed <laughs> Uh, but we're not the guilty feminists, so fuck it, let's carry on and yeah. fantasy James Bond. Um, yeah, so the new the new Bond film is out. And Daniel Craig is, uh, I feel a slight affinity to him because he is, like myself, a class traitor. Um, he's, Ooh. Yeah, he's a, he's a working class boy from the Wirral in Liverpool. Oh. He, was, he was born in Chester, but he was brought up in Liverpool, so he is a scouser. Um, and he's sort of had a very rich and varied and interesting life, whilst keeping it as private as he can. 
I'm doing a lot of good things. He's God. a very good person, yeah, which I'll go into in just a sec. But... I love this about you, Alex, because you always try and like root out the unproblematic males for us to celebrate, and I enjoy it every time. I know. <laughs> and I just... I just Remember like, when I tried like... to do that with Elon Musk? <laughs> I know! You, you tried to make Elon Musk happen, and then it became weird. Oh, it went so wrong. And now he's having a baby with Grimes. Yes. I know, the weirdest Canadians. It's the weird... Oh, is he Canadian They're as well? Canadian. I thought he was South African. <laughs> Maybe he is. Oh, no, I think he was born in South Africa. Yeah, you're right. But uh, Daniel Craig was born sorry, in yes. Liverpool. Yeah, Daniel, well, he was born in Chester. Hannah. Uh, sorry. Uh, yes. Uh, and his mum was an art teacher. Um, his dad was something else. I'm not going to go into the details. Do you know what I mean? No, uh, don't need that's it. not what this podcast is about. No, I feel like okay. I can get his essence. He feels like an art or an art mum kid. Do you know what I mean? Oh, his, oh his dad was in the Merchant Navy before, oh. owning, before being the landlord of two pubs. Enjoyable, nice. grounded. The Good. Merchant Navy, so it's just like ASOS, but the Navy. Yes, <laughs> they deliver your parcels at sea. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's basically a working class lad uh, from Liverpool who went to RADA and ended up marrying Rachel Vice. Oh. Are they mean? still married? They are. Well, they only got married in uh, 2011. No, really. There was four people at their wedding, including one child so each. So chic. <laughs> yeah, so chic. Yeah. Right? And they only they they'd been friends for years. Years and years and years, and they both had. He was engaged to um, uh, a director called Satsiki Mitchell, who was very cool and very attractive. She I sounds her cool. Up. Yeah, um, for like five years, he had a child with a partner in um, the early nineties, who I think was an actress, but nobody we know. You know, uh... <laughs> Do you know what I, like? I like about him is that he he feels like he's been grinding away for years. Yes, like uh, a few years ago, you you know that bit where you move into a new flat and you don't have internet yet, so you go through your DVD wallet. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, we got the Tomb Raider out, and he's in that. Is he? He's in it. Was, Being twenty-one years old, I was old. just going to yeah. ask because I can't. When I picture Daniel Craig, I'm like he's consistently like in his forties. Yeah, yeah. Like, what was he doing when yes, he was in his twenties? Exactly. So he was in. He was in uh, his breakthrough roles include. <laughs> so right, hang on. The, what I like about Daniel Craig is that he's consistently tried to be arty and highbrow and basically Patrick Stewart, but oh. he can't stop being like Captain America. <laughs> like, oh wow! You know, he's James Bond. And the other thing that made me want to um, that I like about Daniel Craig is he consistently he's basically gaming the James Bond production crew because he consistently publicly talks about how much he hates playing Bond and he's so ashamed of himself that he likes money. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I relate so hard. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's a working class guy. Obviously, when they're like, do you want 20 bajillion dollars to play this horrible misogynistic assassin that's really... Yeah, he's not going to Eddie Redmayne it being like, oh no, I want to do a Thomas Hardy adaptation or whatever. He's like, no, "No, no." the money please, my nan needs a new sitting room. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Whilst being like, oh, but I'm going to be very private and cool with my, my oh, wife, Rachel Vice. Love him. And they had a baby in 2018, and he's 52 and she's 50. Oh, yeah. When she was oh. doing the favourite, she was pregnant, prego all over the gaff. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it's her that. birthday tomorrow, so it's, lo- it's a lovely birthday week in the Craig household. Oh. Um, also, what do they do for your birthday? What do they do for my birthday? Yeah. Oh, my birthday's on International Women's Day, by well, the way. Exactly. And that's why I hate women, all of them. Um, leading everywhere, ruining my day. What? <laughs> that's why you're always bigging up men. That's why I'm David always Beckham, big Daniel up Craig. Oh, I don't, don't, I don't. What could David Beckham do that would make us hate him? We've often discussed this. Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing he could do. No crime. Well, let's not get into that. But I 
have a question, which is why does Daniel Craig hate the Bond movies so much? Because it kind of sounds really fun to make them. Like you go to fun places and you kind of, I don't know how involved in the stunts he is, but presumably he does some stunts. That sounds fun. I think he's, I think he's ashamed of how mainstream it is and how outdated the character is. And increasingly Bond is becoming, you know, they've got Phoebe Waller-Bridge that had to like punch up the recent script because it was literally like, aren't women all stupid slags? (laughs) (laughs) And we are, of course. But uh, we didn't want the films to portray that. Uh, so, I love the Bond movies though because they're trying so hard to like make a, a very kind of outdated thing become really woke and they're yeah. just throwing everything oh, at it. they're not trying like, that hard. I and mean I, they're throwing they Phoebe Waller-Bridge at it. Yeah. Like, and I think just embrace the misogyny. You know, I if that's so your too. brand just keep it. You know, like it's just but I actually think he's a brilliant Bond. So, I guess, so also there was a lot of controversy when Daniel Craig was being considered for the role of Bond because, and I quote, he's only five foot ten. <laughs> and everyone was like, he's too short to be Bond. I was like, oh my God, Idris Elba hasn't got a hope in hell. There's never going to be a black Bond if people couldn't accept a short Bond oh. ten years ago. Like, yeah. He's not even short. Five ten isn't that That's bad. That's perfectly normal. Do you know what I mean? It's a medium height. height. Yeah, and apparently there was like a huge protest and saying like he'd have to dye his hair black. <laughs> And everyone what? was, and then he was, and he refused. And everyone was like, "We can't have a blonde Bond or a or blonde James Blonde." It's so interesting how <laughs> James Blonde. You couldn't though. You literally couldn't. That's why Brad Pitt's never been in the running. Um, but it, I find it so weird how attached people get to like imaginary characters. Like when the Cursed Child was on the West End at first, people were like yeah. freaking out over like a black Hermione. It's like, yeah, it's in your brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's never. It's still a lady saying the words. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. People are just like, they love being, it like touches something very deep inside of them. They're like, just, no, yeah. no, it's, very it's not strange. how it is in my brain, so yeah. I don't like it. So maybe that's why he felt like he was, you know, pushing the barriers because he managed to be like a short working class blonde lad that became James Bond. And then um, he he said publicly to, uh, it was in an Empire um, uh, or GQ article, he said after a Spectre, which was the last one, he said he'd rather, quote, Slit his wrists than play play another Bond. Oh my god! And yet here Here he he is. (laughs) In no time to die, he'll be doing a publicity tour where he actively hates the franchise, (laughs) and they still want him back. He's gaming them. I love it. I know he's a great guy. He's just like, oh, isn't this a bag of shit? And they're like, here's a thousand million dollars to do the next one. Do you know what? I've got a friend who's a screenwriter and she's been doing it for a long time and yeah. she's worked in Hollywood and she's very like jaded. She's she's the first person to be like, oh, I'll tell you who's an asshole kind of thing. Yeah, That's yeah. great. But I remember Daniel Craig coming up once and she just went, lovely man. Yeah. Lovely man. So like, he no, keeps like insanely man. private. Everyone, Nobody's basically got a bad word to say about him apart from when he had an affair with Sienna Miller. But that was the phone tapping thing. So we can't judge. No. Yeah. I need to know more about that. Hang on. He had a thing with Sienna Miller and it got it got it was all part of the news of the world phone tapping no scandal way. yeah is he married or i think it was when she was with jude law well then that's her problem oh, absolutely and she's been pub- like punished by society enough really yeah and jude, law's saw her a, anything. jude law's had a very charmed life he could you know he can deal with daniel craig doing his missus <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it um yeah it was yeah it was when she was with jude law but to be fair jude law has had a baby with a nanny and an affair with another nanny. oh that's true yeah allegedly I'll just I'm, I'm just gonna say allegedly because that's what people tend to say to stop. Don't sue me. Let's just stick allegedly all over the whole episode. Allegedly, people allegedly. slept with other famous people. As you can tell, we are live for the first time ever. <laughs> generally, we do pause while Hannah tells us that something is illegal and we're going to be sued. Yeah, and we haven't been sued yet, Hannah. No, but yes, that's, that's true. my that's yeah. my aim for 2020. Get sued. 
Um, yeah, so basically, he uh, he just seems like a very nice man. He supports loads of charities and and doesn't want anyone to know. Essentially, like if you kind of it's Daniel Craig hiding. Yes, exactly. But he was in the. He he seems like a very stern man. But he did do the the Bond thing for the Olympics twenty twenty. But even then, he was still just acting stern. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but he met the Queen, and I bet she fancied him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you'd think he'd go pure John Hamm, wouldn't you? You know how John Hamm it loves me. Yeah, I know you know me. He's a serious man, but actually, I'm a goofball. Yeah, no, he stayed away. Well, he was in Knives Out recently, which I uh, which I didn't see, but he got oh very good. I forgot he was in that. I think he got an Oscar nomination for it. Wait a minute. Oh. Oh no, maybe not. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, no. Well, Gold, Golden Globe, Golden Globe, not Oscars. Yeah, it's, um, it's almost the same. But yeah, and I think that was a little bit tongue in cheek, wasn't it? Knives Out. I've not seen it. I've heard brilliant things. I loved it. Yeah, um, but I don't think he played a very serious, serious guy in that. Um, yeah, but I think it, I think it's just brilliant how he's just constantly trying go, to go back to the, to his roots and do theatre and the arts, and then Bond just keeps flooding his house with 20s <laughs> he's like ah go on then it's like that scene in Harry Potter coming through the, the letters coming through the fucking fireplace but just 20s yes, yes. <laughs> no leave me be Sam Mendes yeah. down his chimney being like please because I think he's a really him and Sean Connery I think are the best bonds because Sean Connery was of its time as well he was extremely yeah. like, you know, like there was no depth to him whatsoever but Daniel Craig's bond has a bit of a dark past and he, and he said and I'm gonna I can't find the quote right now but he said um, I wanted to explore the thing of am I a bad guy just on but just on the good side. Oh. So basically, he was like, I'm still killing people, but I'm doing it for the government. So oh, you know, so uh, yeah, I kind of like that. He's he's obviously got a bit of a brain, and um, also they had yeah, he's got a little two year old baby, and also he had a spat with Piers Morgan, which means we instantly like him. Yes, um, yeah. because he was wearing. Do you remember this thing? It was like last year or when he just had the baby. I think it was about just a year and oh, a bit ago. Oh, he was wearing like, he was wearing a strap papoose. I think yeah. it's called with the baby strapped to him. Oh yeah, and Piers Morgan was like, how emasculating, and Daniel Craig was just like, I could. He is literally James Bond. He's like the most masculine character that possibly could be. There's nothing more masculine than getting pregnant the woman from The Mummy. You know what I mean? Exactly. (laughs) That's the most masculine thing a man can do. And she was incredibly fit in that, wasn't she? She's been fit forever, but that was definitely a moment for everyone, wasn't it? And she's extremely sort of middle to upper class, very artsy background, and I feel like, oh, he's... He's found his lady. And he probably, he's probably like, I hate Bond, Rachel. I hate it. I swear. I know. I, <laughs> yeah. I know you hate Bond. But he was insanely fit in that Guy Ritchie film that he did with Sienna Miller. Was it Lay a Cake or Snatch? Um, I mean, I'm doing it's my section, so I should yeah. <laughs> um, But I always get... Do you know what? I did? I read this earlier today, but all the Guy Ritchie films are so insanely similar that you're like, was mm. it Lock, Stock and Two Snatching Cakes? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> What is going on? Importantly, yeah. to round off your section, what kind of shag do we think Daniel Craig would be? Oh, I think he'd be phenomenal. Not particularly generous, but very forbidding. Do you know what I mean? I think he'd tell you what to do and you would not question it. <laughs> I know! He's so good! <laughs> and it would be disappointing if he was really loving. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, kisses, I suppose. <laughs> oh, fine, if you want to be typical about it, Daniel. <laughs> Yeah, properly like sex from the 1950s, do you know what I mean? Just very forthright. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he's been in a war. But do you remember that really nice photo of him and Rachel Weisz at an award ceremony last year and they were just really loved up? And I get, it, it was like, you, what was that song? Uh, as ti- as song? TV show, As Time Goes By with Judy Dench. Where like basically they used to be lovers when they were younger and then the premise was that they met again years later. Judy when they Dench were older. and Daniel Craig. Yeah, and that's what happened with Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig and Rachel Weisz. No, it was Judy Dench and, you know, Lionel someone. Like an old, old man. 
Because <laughs> I like the idea of Judy Dench and Daniel Craig. Yeah. I feel like they'd get on. Yeah. I feel like he'd um it would definitely make him feel like a more serious actor if he shagged Judy Dench. Absolutely. Really yeah. Like, she's a dame. He's basically I've, I've missed out like loads of stuff I wanted to say about him, but essentially he supports loads of uh, good charities, including one about the uh, gender pay gap. Oh, so, good on him. Daniel he Craig is, is an international woman. Man, woman. Oh, I, I think bet. he feels like he has to make up for what he hurts women on screen by in real life helping them. <laughs> oh, I bet like if you're doing a movie with Daniel Craig, you'll be like in the like canteen or whatever, and and he'd be like, oh, what's up? And I'm like, oh, it's nothing. He'd be like, no, what's up? He's like. I just found out I'm being paid like a million less than you. And he'd be like, no. And he'd be like, yeah, I know it's awkward. He's like, no, that's wrong. We're going into Sam's office right now. Yes, and you're like, exactly. no. And he's like, yes. Daniel, like, stop it. Stop it. And then like, once you're there, you're like, no, I should be getting paid the same as Daniel yeah. Craig. I have to show my tits in this. Yeah, exactly. But you don't know that he's had the 20s put down his chimney for the last 12 months. So even though he knows that he's been a good guy, he's got the whole ta- the house of money house of money yeah mm. but yeah i feel like you're right i feel like he would he'd look out for the little people yeah um he'd so like accuse you of having imposter syndrome in a very gentle way yeah it's like, you know rachel's been telling me all about this thing you ladies have yes! which is called imposter syndrome <laughs> yeah. and i for one think it's bollocks and I, we're gonna march into sam's office right now you little ladies <laughs> uh by the way it was layer cake in the interest of professionalism oh i oh, just want to i just want to say one more thing that um for years rachel vice was engaged to darren aronofsky Oh yeah, and they broke up. I assume just as he started writing Mother, because <laughs> I feel right. like she was like, "Oh, oh. God, <laughs> Darren's so on one of his whims again." <laughs> oh, do you remember Daniel Craig been pals with him for twenty years? Do you know what? I bet he's an absolute ride. And then she went for it, and they got married six months later. What a lovely love story. Um, that was my final. Feel like I you have something personal against Darren Aronofsky, but. Oh, yeah, because I feel like he's sort of the posh arty boy and then Rachel Weisz was just like, do you know what? Do you think Daniel Craig has a real chip on his shoulder about Darren Aronofsky? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. not now, because he got the girl in the end. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my point is that what Caroline does is she picks someone and finds a really fun story out of it and I just go on about how nice they are. <laughs> and that's, I enjoyed it. That is my section. It's good to know. The man who didn't want to be Bond. <laughs> Uh, sorry, can I just scan your ticket? You should be able to get it up on your phone. It's a, it should be a QR code. Maybe it's an attachment. Sorry, what? Uh, it should have been sent to you by email when you booked onto the events page. Oh, I couldn't get past I am not a robot, but I assure you I am not a robot. Uh, I've got a receipt from Pret, if that helps. I am not a robot. Yeah, perfect. That's good enough. Welcome to the Women Who Code Mixer. <laughs> I just think that jingle is such a piece of art. I know, Harry Harris, if you're listening, like, it's really your seminal work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, anyway, in the Women Who Code Mixer, we attempt to learn something techie, despite the fact that the most techie thing any of us has done in the last week is to ask a friend whether a Bitcoin smells nice. Today, something very important, how to turn your bog-standard company into a tech startup. Now, as smart women, you might have a great idea for a company selling in-demand services or commodities, or you may already have that company up and running. But if it's not a tech startup, and then I'm afraid it's just not good enough. So today we're putting together a helpful guide to make sure your startup is tech enough. I'll begin. Uh, so at my tech startup, uh, I never describe what my actual job is. I simply wear many hats. 
Oh. oh, over here, we're always just wearing a lot of hats, you know. I'm doing a bit of copywriting, a bit of HR, a yeah. bit of laying people off, yeah. a bit of laying people general. Sure. <laughs> it's a lot of hats. We're wearing a lot of hats. And of course, you are literally always wearing a lot of hats when you say it as well. To yeah, people. yeah. There's like a, like a horn on yes. the <laughs> <that> I'm covering. <laughs> it's medically a horn. Yes. Your tech startup is a, is a hat company. <laughs> They're coming back, people. <laughs> I think something that's really important is to start selling it to people before you really even have understood what it is yourself. Right. Um, and, and that's something that you really need to get ahead of the game on. Okay. Um, and, you know, get an investor as soon yeah. as you can. So you can be like, yeah, you know, my mate lent me a fiver. So, an investor. Um, he yeah. invested. They invested, exactly. Yeah. And also, it has to be like, um, whatever it is, it has to be open source. Mm, yes. <laughs> open source means anyone can have it because it's worth nothing. Um, and uh, it's also a cloud based solution. Uh huh. Which means a thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> My cloud is full. <laughs> the cloud is full. The cloud is full. It's mm. just moisture. Yes. Um, also, be flexible. So, uh, you know, mechanize your dog walking service, uh, write your copy using AI, uh, make your top of the range organic moon cups part of the sharing economy. More, more women need to be sharing their moon cups. Yes, they exactly. do. Yes. I just throw mine out the window when I'm done with it and just, <laughs> just shout, it's yours now. <laughs> you know? you know, there are so many dolphins on their period who are just free bleeding, you know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the sea needs moon cups. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, is that why the sea tastes salty? But that's, oh, that's, that's the other thing. That's the other dolphins. <laughs> uh, that's the dolph hymns. Sorry. <laughs> Leave me. Get out. Uh, yeah, it just needs to be, you know, as wanky as you can yeah. possibly. Make and as well, wanky. you can, even if you don't think it fits, you can make it fit. You know, you can gamify your funeral service. I don't see why that wouldn't work. Yeah. Uh, take your craft brewery to an incubator. Exactly. Yeah. Um, turn your graphic designer into an app. Just yes. the whole the whole thing. Absolutely. Do you know there actually is like a tech startup that's doing like death for millennials? I oh, literally no. saw this on Instagram the other day. It's called like Bucket List or something. And it's like, if you die, make sure your friends get a great weekend out of it. It's like micro wills. It's like you will your friends. I've like... seen a few micro wills in my time. <laughs> <laughs> micro Williams. <laughs> Yeah, so we can all give each other micro wills. Like I, I can will you guys like um like five hundred pounds to go to Sorrento or whatever. Really? Yeah. I'm supposed to be going in two weeks. I swear to God, if coronavirus fucks up my trip, I will. Boot. There's going to be some macro wills yeah. happening around yeah. the coronavirus, man. If anyone lis- listening and you have got a macro will, please, <laughs> yeah, please do tweet me. God, I hope we don't die. <laughs> uh, that is. Absolutely, probably quite sensible, but also horrific and sounds very Black Mirror. It's weird that I heard about it on an Instagram ad. Yes. And like the button was like, shop now. I was like, no. I like the idea shop of now. kind of planning something for your funeral so that the people around you don't, don't have to be like, oh no, and now we have to decide what Arctic Monkeys song she would have liked. No. Um, and you could just be like, no, look, like, I want, you know, what's it? And, uh, you know, Barry Manilow. Yeah. yeah. Not that- well, I'm glad we know now. Glad <laughs> your wishes have been officially longed in there we the go. domain. My dad, in the most dad move of all time, is so annoyed that funerals cost that he wants us to have what's called like a pauper's funeral or something. Yeah. Where he gets like buried in a, uh, or cremated in a cardboard box, which is absolutely fine. Yeah, I've heard of those. Yeah, I've heard yeah, of mine. Which that, is totally yeah. fine, but you even have to pay for that. And it's like, an, it's like 800 pounds or something. It's amazing that death isn't free. 
Yes, You would think exactly. the one thing. Honestly, the de- when my dad pegs it, God rest his soul. Oh, don't God rest his soul, it's not dead yet. <laughs> when he pegs it, God rest his soul. Weird combination yeah, of emotions going into that statement. Jeff, if you're listening, hi, I love you very much. Please don't die. Um, but yeah, when he's on his deathbed, I will be carrying him off it so that I don't have to pay £800 for someone Absolutely, else to yeah. carry him off it. Jesus. So. so I guess what we've learned is you can gamify a unfrozen. Sorry, yes, you can. You can turn any. exactly what the segment was about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, you can turn literally anything into a tech startup. So I think that's, um, that's nice and also kind of horrible. <laughs> Hannah, are you OJ Simpson trying to get his hand into that glove? Because if anything, you're too big in the 90s. Much as I appreciate you joking about a dead woman on International Women's Day, Caroline, I'm actually going to be talking about Free Willy. Oh, so did the whale kill his wife and get away with it as well? (laughs) Do you know what? It's so sad. The whale basically never knew any other whales. (laughs) Wow. He was just like a big old virgin for his whole life. How do you know? Really? Well, I'm going to get into that. The whole point of the... Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so you're doing Free Willy, a film about a whale I've never seen. I can't believe you've never seen Free Willy. I am astounded. I know, it just missed past me by. Yeah, Alex, you've seen it, right? Yeah, I saw it every week from when I was about six to 13. Oh, that's I beautiful. was a very lonely child. <laughs> <laughs> no, I watched it when it came out, or not when it came out, I would have been two years old then, but I definitely watched it like as a child and loved it and thought it was amazing. Um, for those of you who don't know, Caroline, maybe you're not familiar with the concept, there's, I know the poster, and it's yeah. very much one of those VHSs you'd always see in other people's houses. It would always be in the rental in Blockbuster or whatever. It's like, I know, I, it's the whale, it was the boy and the whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, there's this young boy who's very troubled, and like his mother has abandoned him, and he's in care and stuff. He's a, he's a naughty boy, What's not through his again? own fault. Oh. Uh, Jesse. Jesse. And he, um, graf- he gets into the, the whale enclosure and graffitis the window. Who's and fit? then to punish him, they get him in to clean it. And then during, during the time that he's doing that, which takes like a week because it's summer, and I'd, uh, how does graffiti take a week to clean off a window um he develops this relationship with the whale and um no one else could talk to the whale but like because he was like you know he was a bit of a you know troubled gripey soul. gripey old whale um oh, right but then jesse develops this relationship with him and it's like really beautiful and then um basically the owner of the theme park which he's kept in decides that um because willie won't perform because he's like, you know, constantly in a bad <laughs> Don't mood. Don't make me make the joke. <laughs> <laughs> You've already made it once. We've already done a willy joke already. I, just get him out, Alex. It's fine. Um, basically, they decide they're going to kill Willie. So they're like, oh, well, we should save him. Um, and yeah, I, I just always kind of admired the concept of the film. And I was thinking about this the other day because it was so ambitious to train a whale to do all of these things. And like, yeah. and then a whale to go over a harbour wall. Like, yeah, they did. That was a real whale. No, it was an animatronic. And it was Not CGI. That jumped over the- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, there are bits of the real whale in it, obviously. But loads of the fun stuff was an animatronic whale. Oh. Which is probably good because why are we yeah. training? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it has killer in the name. <laughs> Yeah, yeah as well, tricks. it's like um, the whole point of the film is highlighting against, like, you know, yeah. these <laughs> no, beautiful do you know animals. What, <laughs> do you know what? It's not. And that amazed me because what? I kind of, I'd always, assu- always assumed that the whole concept of Free Willy was that we want to Free Willy because it's mean to keep a whale in a tank. Right. But actually, the idea, it's a 112 minutes, right, this film. <laughs> I know, I looked it up and it, and the concept of freeing the whale it doesn't come up until half an hour until the end and even it's not because keeping a whale in a tank is cruel it's because the owner wants to kill him oh i'd love, I'd love it because there was a free willy too but really if it was realistic free willy too would just be him getting mauled to death by natural whales within seven minutes of getting over that wall absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. being tossed up against the rocks and like yeah, yeah. 
Was Free Willy 2 just like him getting captured again and then set free again? Like, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't rewatch that because my dedication only goes so far. Yeah, but um, yeah. they used animatronics and CGI for that whole thing. Like, there's, an, there's not an actual whale in it. But really? I, yeah, and in Free Willy 3. It looks very good. But there is a, they, they do film whales, surely. Yes, yeah, I think so. There's bits, those bits where he's swim, swimming around the tank from, you know, like pulled back a bit. That must be a real whale. Probably at SeaWorld. Probably Shamu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just, I don't know, it just made me really sad because even at the end where it's like, Willie has been freed, there's all these shots of all these whales in the wild and it's like, look, he's found his family and he's, he's you know, swimming along with them. And the thing about uh, the, the actor that played Willie was that... <laughs> was, <laughs> what was do you the, mean the actor that played Willie? <laughs> well, the, the whale that played him was called Keiko. Um, cause, you know, oh, I did know that. Actually, that reminds me. Yeah, yeah and, and his dorsal fin at, at the back was like collapsed. It had kind of like flopped oh. over because of him being captivity no one knows exactly why but yeah. it, like, it happens a lot within, that, it? Yeah, within whales in captivity um, and then in all of these whales that are free like they're all absolutely straight dorsal fins and it's like you're not fooling us like Willie's not there Willie's not free <laughs> he didn't get fixed within five seconds like yeah my god but the, the, the point is, basically, Keiko turns out to be the most interesting part of the whole story. Because, like, the film, yeah, like, it's a, it's a film. But, um... <laughs> the film, yeah, it's a film, film, sure. It's a film, it's fine. You can't deny that it is a film. But, <laughs> but, but Keiko's story is mad, because essentially, when the film came out... Like they put a number on the end of the film saying like, oh, you can help save the whales by calling this number, like 0800 something, something, something. A canny PR move. Exactly. But then <laughs> everyone make a was calling a profit up. from this film, which we're not going to save the whales with. <laughs> yeah. But you poor people <laughs> don't need to find can. Um, But everyone called up and was like, where's that whale? And they were like, no, no, you're meant to call up to ask us about whales generally. Yeah. And they were like, save no, the no. whales. No, I want to save the whale. I want to save that whale. Where is that whale? <laughs> and it sparked a whole campaign to get this whale, Keiko, free. And did he go free? Well, basically, it's so fucking complicated to free a whale. <laughs> like, yeah. like, he had been, he basically was captured in Iceland in 1979 when he was two years old. Aww. Free Willy film came out in 1993. He was like 16 or something by the time he did that. He'd barely seen any other whales. Ready so to leave home. Didn't have yeah. any wives massive to kill. Virgin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, massive whale. <laughs> Incel whale. Yeah, like he'd become really accustomed to humans and to eating frozen fish and all that kind of stuff. And like... So so basically, they kind of had to work out how to put this whale back in the wild, which was not something that had ever been done before. And also, like, we don't know much about whales. Like, we can't speak... We, yeah. we can't speak their language. We don't know how they're feeling. They've got a whole different part they've, of their they've brain. They've got a complex society that we genuinely. don't have. Also, killers yeah. are really smart. Like the way they kill they're things. So yes, smart. I've watched David Attenborough. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've seen blackfish. Have you seen blackfish? I've seen yeah, blackfish, I and I've seen real whales. Have you? I have, yeah. Do you know what? I never got the whole thing. Because I, I think there's two kinds of little girls. There's horse girl, me, and there's marine biologist girl. And I think that's <laughs> you, Hannah. I really, I really liked whales and dolphins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went to SeaWorld when I was like 12 and like wrote in my little diary. I was like, I touched Aww. a dolphin. Oh, that's Yeah, and nice. I think both of it is, have, is about having like animals bigger than you who understand you. Yes. Kind of thing. It is, but who you, you see eye to eye with. Yeah, you have a connection with them. But then I, um, I, I went, I never really got the whole people being mesmerised by whales thing. My boyfriend's very into whales as well, loves Moby Dick and all that. But then I went to see them on like a boat trip when I was on holidays and we, we were parked like a mile away and um, I saw this like tiny little, little spout go up 
And then another one, and then the guide was like, oh, that's the, the mama whale and the baby whale talking. Oh. And then they were like playing and I could see them. And honestly, I just started crying. It's like, there's, whales do something to you. They're a very emotionally heightened animal. They do. And I think, you know, yeah, people got really involved in the story of Keiko. And, and like, there were kids that were like collecting their pocket money and doing bake sales to raise money to, to get this whale for like free. Yeah. Um, and uh, even Michael Jackson did the theme tune for the film. And he, he tried to buy Keiko to put him in Neverland. Of course he bloody did. Oh. Yeah, God. which I mean, I don't know how we. Keiko, if you're listening, it turns out that was a lucky escape. Yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, but basically, yeah, they like Warner Brothers had to had to donate money to a sort of. I'm really picturing Michael Jackson, Macaulay Culkin, and Keiko having a sleepover. <laughs> And the thing is, Keiko, it's like also like a misunderstood child star. And then Macaulay just being like, you know, Michael just got us. <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry oh, no. Back to your whale. Um, yeah, so there were lots of different plans to kind of like where Keiko was going to go, how it was going to work. Um, and this guy set up a Free Willy or Free Keiko Foundation um, to like, to, to get him free, basically. And it had donations from this billionaire and it had donations from Warner Brothers who were like, this is terrible PR. We cannot like not get involved in this when we, you know, made this film about a whale being free. Like, you know, and they wanted to, yeah. they wanted merch. They wanted mugs with stuff. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, Free Willy 2, Free Willy 3. Um, so what ended up happening was they found somewhere in um because at the moment well basically when he was doing the film he lived in mexico city in this like tiny little tank in like this rundown in a tiny little favela (laughs) (laughs) drinking tequila (laughs) having a sleep (laughs) sliding his glass across the bar i got filming at 6 a.m but give me another one pedro (laughs) (laughs) they're trying to free me i don't want to be free (laughs) I don't know why I'm Al Pacino. <laughs> Freedom is in the mind, eh? <laughs> so sorry. Sorry. On International Women's Day, I would look so sorry to oh, Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or Spanish for William. <laughs> William. Um, William. William. <laughs> But yeah, to cut a long story short, they 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 sent him to Oregon um, to live in like a sort of big tank by the sea, which was like kind of the seawater could come in and stuff. Um, and they had to train him how to be a whale again. They had to train him how to like how to dive and how to hold his breath. And they had to train him how to catch fish because he'd just been eating frozen fish the whole time. I know more more ever than it's worth and to they be spent honest. so much money on this like yeah. millions and millions money that could, could have gone on like actual all, marine all, preservation all, all, yes exactly <laughs> that's exactly the point yeah um, so after they had him in Oregon for a bit and they trained him up they moved him to Iceland and they started they, they started trying to like get him into the sea because that was where he was originally from from Iceland but they had to take him out on walks to get him used to like being in the ocean so oh they because he liked humans so much he'd been around humans so much that he would kind this of just like, like a lot of hassle it would be whale, whale yeah. burgers for me. Yeah. I mean? <laughs> God. I bet Killing like that took saga. so long at Warner Brothers that people were like, like, like going on mat leave and being like, here's my hand over, by the way, the whale thing is long going. <laughs> 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 just constantly. just so, still doing the whale. <laughs> I'm on a fixed term contract. I shouldn't be dealing with this whale. <laughs> so we do need to wrap up slightly. So what happened to him in the end? Is he all oh, right? n- well, not really. He At one point, he um, he kind of like, left the the boats and stuff and they were like okay great we've done it he's free he's gonna go and take care of himself and then he basically washed up dead of pneumonia (laughs) 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 
fucking Christ. Cold Willie. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and he was 27. He was in the 27 Club. Oh, my Thrill! God. Oh, my God. The best thing you've said so far. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but there is Hannah. a ha- there is a happy ending, which is that um, there's a place in Canada where they're setting up a retirement home for wh- performing whales and Canada. belugas. Oh my so, god! I can't wait for the Netflix um, show about that's, that. That's try looking after your Aboriginal people, Canada. <laughs> if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Caroline, your lesson this week is about something that's stringy, annoying, and mostly just feels like it's not doing anything. Oh, Alex, I'm so glad you're going public about your affair with Russell Howard. Guys, much as Russell Howard is stringy and annoying, I think it's fair to say he's worked very hard on his sobriety. That is Russell Brand, I think. Oh, well, he worked very hard on that novel. Oh, that's Russell Kane. Wow, it's almost like there's more people in comedy called Russell than there is people in comedy who've used a sanny pad. (laughs) (laughs) What's your segment again, Caroline? Oh, it's flossing. It's about flossing. That was the long, stringy comment and uh, all offence to Russell Howard. Oh, so not the dance. (laughs) Not the dance, although my nephew keeps threatening to teach me about it. Okay. Um, no, so I am. Um, oh, your relationship to flossing, what, what is it? Oh, as in like flossing your teeth? Flossing your teeth. Oh, it's something that I have lied about to hygienists once every six months. And they know you're lying? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's All like telling the doctor how much you drink. It's, about, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like lying about an affair in a long dead marriage. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. just be discreet and don't yeah. lie to my face. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I uh, I won't get into it right now because it would truly take a whole hour of Soho Radio's time, but I'm going through a number of uh, very difficult and painful uh, dental operations at the moment. And I'm getting a tooth implant, which means you have to have like such good oral health. And I am so, I know so fucking 
saying much about oral health now <laughs> and I just want to tell the world about it. So I came in and they were like, look, uh, you've got gingivitis and we can't give you a tooth implant unless you get rid of it. So you've got literally two months like to go away, floss your fucking nuts off <laughs> and come back to us and um, with no with no gingivitis and no plaque. Uh, floss every fucking day. Oh. Uh, and I was like, what a training montage. I'm like, oh, I'm not 30 this year. I'm too old for this. Um, and, uh, and so then uh, I was like, okay, why is it so important? They were like, literally, no, when you don't floss, plaque gets under your gums. It rots the bones underneath no. your teeth. And when you don't floss and you get gingivitis and it gets really bad, you literally have like a 60% greater chance of losing your teeth. Like, it's like, the thing is, like, when you think about. Like, like, like sooner or. Like, yeah, like sooner. Like, yeah, I mean, everyone's going to lose their teeth, which is one of those things. It's like, it's like, makes me believe that there there surely could not be a god. Because, like, (laughs) and and if there is, we cannot be his favorite animal. Because, um, every, like, horses, their teeth just grow back. Yeah, sharks have loads. Dogs, they grow back too. Um, like, but people, we get two shots of teeth. Okay. That Do not it. miss your chance to blow <laughs> this opportunity. It comes, but once in a lifetime. Um, yeah, and so like, if you if you screw that, you're you're just done. So like, yeah, your 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 bones been underneath your teeth rot away, and then they can't hold on to your teeth anymore, and your teeth fall out. Oh. We always think of losing teeth as being like, oh, you're like. As what happened to me, I smashed my face into a bike rack, um, and like you think it's going to be accidents, but actually most teeth loss happens from um, like shit like this, right? Oh. Yeah. Caroline so, is here, sans tooth, sans tooth. I really like it. Yeah, I, love it. I think yeah. it's very Madonna. It's like the front, we should say it's the front tooth as it's well. My it's my front one of the tooth. Front teeth. Yeah, it's one of the key teeth. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I haven't had one now for like two months. I love it. And you know what's great about it is that people are so intent on making eye contact with you <laughs> because they don't want to be caught staring at the tooth. Oh. And so you just feel like you're commanding everyone's attention all of the time. Because they're just trying to work out, like, what's the story behind the tooth? What's the story with your one's tooth? Yeah, yeah. it's actually great. And then it's, it's actually become a weird barometer for um, uh, Englishness because like, I was at a couple of Christmas parties over the festive period and a couple of them were like quite quite poshy media people who I yeah. didn't know very well and it was like funny like waiting what point of the party one would just drag me aside and be like what the fuck is going on with this? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on like the, the poshest men it would be like three four in the morning and then the most like forward women would be like tell me what's going on anyway flossing was invented <laughs> in 1819 that's a long time ago by some by a, a New Orleans dentist <laughs> Called Reginald Floss. I mean, I haven't noted his name. <laughs> yes, Reginald Floss. I love that it was invented in New Orleans because you really kind of imagine like people on the porch drinking sweet tea and just putting some silk and thread in between. Oh, <laughs> in that between the nice. tooth. Yeah, yeah, and so like it became the sort of like niche thing that like it became like a like a little a cult thing between dentists being like actually this new thing you've heard about and mm. yeah. And then it wasn't until the 60s and the 70s when, like, public health announcements being like, yeah, we really need to cut down on public spending with teeth and stuff. People are really losing their freaking teeth. Please just floss. Oh, and God. They must hate us. I know. But you know what fascinates me? So many things have worked. Do you know what I mean? To- brushing your teeth every day. It's worked. Brushing your hair every day. It's worked. Flipping your mattress. It's kind of worked. Like, uh, why Why won't people give in to flossing? We hate it as a society so much. I it's th- because it makes... It's like nails down a blackboard. It's like putting a bit of string in between. Yeah. yeah. Like when, well, you know, when the hygienist does it and it goes down into your gum, and you're like, "Fuck off!" No, get out of there. Yeah, yeah. you sadist. Sadist. 
I think as well, I think it's one of those things where like, unlike um, like brushing your teeth, where you can like feel the difference. It's like, oh, my teeth felt kind of mossy and gross and now they feel nice. Yeah. Like you don't get any form of relief. No. They don't look better and often they look worse because you're bleeding now. Yeah. And it's yeah. also like flossing is just smug because every time yes. you do it, like something comes up and you're like, all oh, right, you proved me right, didn't you? And, yeah. and I'd almost rather like just pretend that it was fine and there was nothing there and like I, I you know yeah. I brush my teeth Look, I have an extra in, toothbrush it's fine it was invented in America it's probably for profit we probably don't even need to do it you know? probably um, don't even need teeth guys lads this is really part of like a flossing truther movement they're like flat earthers <laughs> there are flossing truthers out there there's pages and pages of this stuff of like because like apparently there isn't like because um, it's really hard to test these things over time or whatever because you literally for a test subject like this you have to do something over their course of their whole lives right to see yeah. if it's effective oh, yeah. so it's quite hard to test for so like they're most then it's mostly just tests being like and uh, study results being like yeah we're pretty sure this is what you need to do and like all of the evidence suggests it and all these like flossing truthers are like but you're not totally sure are you wow. and they're like no we're not totally sure maybe I'm sure. a flossing truther <laughs> you're then. a flossing truther <laughs> wow Amazing. Yeah, so that's that's basically flossing, guys. I'm going to look into the flossing truther <laughs> movement as soon as we get off there. So this Sunday is a scheduling more controversial than Elon Musk's rescue missions in that it's International Women's Day and it's also the birthday of Alex, a woman who had sex in the car park of an international school. Ah, Jorge, was that a Spanish accent or just the lisp from your braces? I'll never know. What are you doing for your birthday, Alex? Well, it's actually quite hard getting people out at the moment, Hannah, because of the old viral disease that's killing everyone. <laughs> uh, it's difficult, isn't yeah. it? Because like, you want to have a good time, but you also don't want to be like dead. Totally. Um, so <laughs> luckily I put together some tips on being an international woman this International Women's Day when your freedom of movement has been like greatly restricted by Brexit and also the list of countries it's safe to travel to is extending faster than Alex's crow's feet. Whoa, I am young. I'm on flick flop. <laughs> So I have um I'm an international woman myself. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm from Ooh. the island of Ireland. Ooh. Um, but um one of my favorite tips for being an international woman is um getting really good at accents, but very non-specific accents. So that way, when you're in different countries and you can't, so you say if you're in Italy, you can't speak Italian, but you feel really embarrassed about being like, oh um pasta with sauce, <laughs> and everyone's like, who's this fucking asshole? And what you do is you pretend that you're from some other country. Um, like like Finland or whatever, yeah, and, and that English is is just a, a common language that you'll be able yeah, to yeah, like with you're them. embarrassed to be speaking English, right, and, you know, yeah. but it's the only way that you yeah. and the waiter will be able to. So Genius. I'm always like, I'm like, um, excuse me, uh, um, some uh, pasta with um sauce, <laughs> and they're like, oh, this poor woman, she's trilingual and she just doesn't have Italian. Do you know yes, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which I think is that's great. That's excellent. Yeah. That's very good. Um, also, especially relevant to Soho, you can buy discount sushi from the Japan Centre after 5pm. Very international. Very so international. Hugely international thing to do. Um, I like to engage in some new and harmless <laughs> ethnic stereotypes. Like, speaking as an Irish person, I love when people have an observation about Irish people that I haven't thought of. Like I saw this was one the other day where it was like this guy being like, why do Irish people speak on an in-breath? We go, oh. we go, yeah, 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 yeah. Like sometimes when we're like, oh, when yeah. we're like consolidating people, it's very strange. Um, so I love. So I think we should just like make up some new harmless stereotypes, like okay. um, like uh, Croatians love doggy. 
style. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, right. Uh, hang on, be a good one. I think maybe give your baby a deliberately provocative name. Yeah. Like Adolf. Adolf, bring it back. Where did it go? You know? <laughs> what name we never that? hear anymore? <laughs> no, they're going to be the only ones at nursery. That's all I'm saying. Um, I guess what you can always do anytime is post an old holiday picture and tag yourself there, but actually you're just at home on the sofa oh, like everyone else. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, just go on like Flickr and find something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> Uh, seriously though International Women's Day like it's kind of like it's kind of a easy to take the piss out of it but with like coronavirus and stuff it feels like support like Chinese businesses because they are genuinely really suffering at the moment um, because there's so much scare tactics around this disease and um, Corona beer and Corona beer buy a, buy a fucking <laughs> Corona less worried about them yeah somehow. we haven't heard much about uh, the impact on Corona beer have so we keeping very 38%, quiet 38% of Americans won't buy it because they think it's linked to the virus oh, it went viral ironically last week <laughs> <laughs> viral in the old sense of the word yeah um, and you know do the thing like donate to charities and especially donate to charities that are like about women who aren't necessarily like you or someone you know like, I think yeah. it's, we all think refuge because we can all imagine ourselves in that scenario right mm. but like you know um like, like sex trafficking charities like unseen are brilliant you can sponsor a room for um survivors to uh, hang out in. That's oh, really good. It's, that's it's, very nice. It's really good. Yeah. Do a good thing this International yeah. Women's Day for a woman you don't know. Totally. Like, if you're a cis woman, support a trans woman. If you're a trans woman, try not to slap us for being so dumb. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or send me a birthday present because I'm selfish. I've yeah. got a huge Maybe. ego. So, there you go. I mean, um, are there some tweets from people who've? Oh yeah, we need to say hi stuff? to Alan Maguire. Hi, Alan. Ooh. Thanks for listening. Hello, Alan. He is in Ireland. He's one of your countrymen, I think. Uh, Richard Spalding, Jamie Allerton, who said, "I don't look a day over thirty-five in my picture," which is not true. I'm turning thirty-two <laughs> on Sunday. Okay, I'm not any any older than that. Um, I think I think that's it. Oh, hi to hi to Nat as well. She's texted in to say hi. No oh. one's no one said what they're doing for International Women's Day, so I assume that everyone's a misogynist online. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, but uh, but thank you for listening, everyone. Yeah. Well, I think we've all learned something here, don't you? Yeah, I've learned that whales are from space. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And get away with killing their wives. Yeah. Um, I've learned that we probably shouldn't be given any airtime live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also Epstein didn't kill himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in part that. of the episode today. Yeah. <laughs> We've all learned that. Um, if you enjoyed listening to us, then you are very stupid. But you can follow us on all the usual platforms at Dumb Women Pod. Uh, you can listen to all of our previous podcast episodes, which, amongst other things, include some extremely valuable lessons about sex, seahorses, and Gwyneth Paltrow uh, by searching for School for Dumb Women in your favourite podcast app. Thank you to Gavin Day for our logo, Harry Harris for our jingles, and Soho Radio Studios for putting together a brilliant programme for International Women's Day and letting us join it. Stay dumb, ladies. Yay! Be silly. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.